Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Eyes to see. Having eyes to see. If you're married here, there's no doubt you would have had the moment where your wife, if you're a guy, your wife says to you, You say, oh, where is such and such? And she says, it's in the cupboard. And you say, it's not in the cupboard, I checked. And she says, no, no, it is in the cupboard. And you go and check the cupboard and you say, it's not in the cupboard, I checked. Third time, no, it is. And you go back or she comes over and she says, see, it's in the cupboard. And the very thing you've been looking for, you finally see, much to the annoyance of your wife, anyone being there. No, that hasn't been there. Okay. <laughs> we have this, um, this challenge in life today that we are surrounded by so much visual stimulation, so much noise, that it's always vying for your attention. If you have a computer or a phone, a smartphone, you are always looking at your phone normally. If you're on Instagram, you're always swiping, looking at different feeds, or on Facebook, always seeing what's happened, or you go home, you put the TV on, and then it's the footy, but then it's the ads, and then it's the commentators, and then it's, and it's all this noise all the time, which 100 years ago didn't exist. We are a generation that has to now discipline ourselves to focus in on what we're trying to look at. A hundred years ago, it was a lot easier because the noise was maybe your workplace, maybe your school, maybe the paper that you read, maybe the radio. But today, it is everywhere, bombardment. And we have a generation that is surrounded and immersed and entrenched in noise. And then we have these moments where we struggle to hear from God sometimes. And it's not because God has become quieter. It's because the noise in our world has become louder. Today, my heart for you and for our church, and prophetically again, I'm going to start to lean on my prophetic side. Yeah, because there's a side that you guys don't really know exists. I'm going to start to lean on that that we would become a church who has not just eyes to be open, but eyes to see what God is trying to do. Another example is this. You go into a cafe, and there is noise in a cafe. Charlie and I just had some annual leave. We went to a few cafes. We have a baby with us now. It's a bit of a different experience. But you go into a cafe, and if it's a loud cafe, unless Charlotte speaks at a certain volume, or unless I lean in, I'm not going to be able to hear what she is saying. Now, has anyone been in a conversation where someone's speaking, but you don't hear anything they say? I do it all the time. I probably do it to you sometimes. (laughs) I don't mean to but I just zone out sometimes, especially if what you're saying is a bit boring. 
so be interesting. Now, that's not your issue, that's more my issue. So, my wife knows when I zone out with her, she can see it in my face. Look. The thing is, is when you're trying to listen, though, in a really noisy setting, I don't know if you found yourself, I know I do this, I actually will lean forward. If you look at animals or a dog, have you seen a dog tilt its head and it's the cutest thing ever? Like, it kind of looks at you like this. You know that's because the way their ear canal is designed, when they tilt their head, they can get more sound flow into their ears. So they're trying to hear you better. Maybe I should do that more with people when they talk and I just... <laughs> when it comes to God, though, we have to be like that. We have to actually make sure that we are allowing the noise to die and then we're leaning into what matters. Every time Charlie and I go away, we have some time off. We always come back with the same attitude. Let's minimize the wrong noise and let's maximize the right noise. Because in a job like mine, I'm surrounded by a lot of noise, a lot of trying to help people. And if I'm not careful, that becomes a predominant noise. And that's when discouragement sets in, when I actually have to focus on the one noise that matters. What is the one noise that matters? It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So it says this in Psalm 146, verse 8. And if you're writing notes, I'll write... The way I preach, if you're still getting used to it, is I'll give you four sermons in one sermon. A lot of preachers will speak on one thing the whole time, and they'll do that over 20 weeks. One point over 20 weeks. I'd rather give you a bunch of stuff, and I want you to go home and actually sit with the Holy Spirit. So Psalm 146 verse 8 says, The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord, give, the Lord loves the righteous. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. He lifts those who are bowed down. He loves the righteous. Matthew 13 verse 14 says this. It says, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. I wonder how often we fall into that category. Forever hearing, but never perceiving. Sitting in church for years, but never changing. (laughs) It always amazes me that we can be inside a church family, but be the same people sometimes as we were 12 months ago. You see, when you actually hear something, it changes something in you. Can I hear an amen? Hey guys, I'm just going to go to this mic. That's all right. Thank you. So we have this challenge. The challenge is this. God, I want to be someone who has open eyes. Can you hear me okay? I want to be someone who actually has open ears because most people around me have their ears so full of other noise they miss out on what God is trying to do. So we have to understand the foundation, though, of God is this, is that we have open eyes to see God. 
You know, God wants to draw you into such a deep place of intimacy with him that your number one goal in life, and please get this, your number one goal in life isn't to go to work, isn't to put food on the table, isn't to socialise, to hang with your family or friends, but your number one goal is to seek the heart of God. That is a holy call. All those other things are great. All those other things have got edges on them. But I am so hungry to have a deeper encounter with God. It is now my life ambition, and now I have a son, I am even more aware that if I go deeper in God, I have more I can pass on to him. I encourage you to ask God regularly, and I do this, God, open my eyes to you. Open my eyes to what you're doing. Open my ears to your voice. On the way in this morning, I was praying about something, and I was saying, God, open my ears. I can't hear you on this issue. I need you to dull out the noise, and I need you to help me in my deafness. Because sometimes we get... What's that thing called? There's a buzzing in your ear all the time. Tetanitis? You know what I'm trying to say. The T-itis. And you've got to understand, spiritually, we can get this because we have these explosions go off in life. Emotionally, you can get that where you have a ringing in your ears and it makes it hard for you to hear anything else because you have an explosion going off here, a crisis here, a spiritual um, negative experience here. Or, or, and it's, it's, we start to lose the ability to hear the soft, still voice of God because we have the ringing in our ears of life. And this is what I want to speak over you this morning God wants to restore your hearing so you can hear the most intimate whisper from him. Can I hear an amen? Because I know that I have that ringing in my ears. And it, and, it, and it manifests like this. I'm worried. I'm stressed. I can't hear God properly. And I start to miss out. I start to miss out on what God might be trying to say because I've allowed the buzzing and the noise to become the most important thing. So my heart for us as a church family, and if you're a guest here, take this home to where you're from. Today, let God restore your supreme, awesome hearing. I watch my son, and I love fatherhood. It is the best thing. I just am so in love with my son. I can't, I could speak about him for days. And I, and, and I just, I, I watch him though, and he is so perfect. He's a little, little cabbage patch doll at the moment. Like fat cheeks and just big eyes. And, and he sleeps through the night. And he drinks milk. And just this week, he started drinking or eating pureed carrot. And it got all over his face, and it got everywhere, and it was just a mess, and it was awesome. And, and he makes the face of, I'm disgusted, and he wants more. And, and, and I just go, I wish that my body wasn't as abused as it is now with all the McDonald's and all the stuff that I put into my system. He's yet to have that. 
He hasn't, he hasn't even had sugar yet, apart from what's in the carrot. If there's any, you know, he's, he's still quite pure. And my wife is like, she's trying to keep him that way. She's trying to do her best. But his, his, his senses are just, and his hearing, he, he can hear, like, he just watch him. And we have to get back in our hearts to being childlike and to letting our, our, our hearing become so tentative and our eyes become so aware. I can't get away with stuff with my son. He watch, He's so observant. He follows me across the room. He, know, he hates our, like, we're trying not to have our phones out in front of him, but sometimes we have to. Cause he, and he watches and he hates the phone. He just doesn't, because it's not, it's just, I don't know. He's, and it's just like, he, he's aware. And I just encourage us, let's be aware in our hearts again. Open the eyes of our heart. Isn't that great song? Open the eyes of my heart, God. I want to see you high and lifted up. I, I pray this regularly. God, open my eyes. I Open my ears. I want to know what you're doing. And here are the places that I encourage you today to have open eyes too. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. If you've got your Bibles, turn there. Ephesians 1, 18. It says... Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened or open, that you may know what is the hope to which you have been called. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Having the eyes of your heart open. And the thing is about salvation is that our eyes are open, our hearts are open. Thanks, Tom. There you go. That's a big fan, isn't it? Our eyes are open. But the older you get, who knows sometimes you have to get some glasses? Who here wears glasses? Now, who's had to wear glasses as you've gotten older, but not when you were younger? Yeah. So what happened? Wow, that is a, that's a, I'm going to blow. <laughs> that's all right. That's, it. that's very nice. That's very nice, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Is that the lowest setting? Okay, all right. Is that distracting you guys? Yeah, you know, you're good, okay. <laughs> the older you get, sometimes you need glasses because your eyes start to get weak. You know, spiritually, it's sometimes like that. When you're a new Christian or you have God moments and you're like, whoa, amazing, the Word of God, it's all, and it's just fast forward sometimes five years and it's like, oh, it's not the same. But what's happening is this, is that people, we can often, we can lose the sight we once had. And cataracts start to form over our eyes. So we have to ask the Holy Spirit, renew my mind daily. Let my heart be open to you. So the first thing is this, may God open our eyes to his heart. May this morning you have aware, open eyes to his heart. Psalm 119 verse 18 says this. It says, Open my eyes that I might behold the wondrous things of your word. The message translation says, Open my eyes so that I can see, uh, so I can see what you show me of your miracle wonders. Let me ask you this morning, how is your sight going? Can you see what God's doing? How, how, how clearly can you see the heart of God? Because God wants us to be so aware of his heart. It's the most important thing in life is to be aware of the heart of God. 
a heart that is for you, a heart that is for our world, a heart that is living, that we become people who know his heart. The second thing is this, and it's found in 2 Kings chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. It says this, it says, Then Elijah prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It's all right, man. Thanks. We have this moment where Elisha is there with his servant. This is such a cool story. And the enemy is running towards them or they see the enemy's army and the servant is freaking out. And what happens is Elisha says to God, open the servant's eyes to see your reality. And the mountains are full of chariots of fire. This is life. This is you. This is me. I'm in a season. It's tough. Things are going on. I'm in challenging moments. And we spend most of our time speaking on the surface level of I'm freaking out. And all it takes is a man of God to say, open their eyes. Do you see the chariots of fire? Church, I want to encourage you this morning. Please don't be familiar. Listen. Do you see the chariots of fire in your life? Do you see right now in this room spiritually? Don't be dull to this. This room isn't just you and me. Don't just look. Can you see in your heart the chariots of fire? Can you see the armies of God right now? Charlie spoke a few months ago about one day I was preaching and she saw me in the spirit, and I was like 20 feet tall. She could see for a moment who I was, not just physically, but spiritually. I had someone else once speak, they said, when you were preaching, I could see liquid fire coming from your mouth. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. It's probably during the joke part, to be honest. But it was someone who could perceive in the spirit, because what's going to blind us is this. What's going to blind us is, can we turn this off? I'm just having a great moment, aren't I? It's familiarity. And we actually need to lay a hold of this as a church family. Don't get familiar with each other. And the greatest thing you could ever, or one of the greatest things you can do for your brother and sister is know who they are in God. Don't just commune with each other on the job someone is doing or the weekend soccer game that the kid went to or the footy on Friday. That's okay, but there's a higher level. The higher level is this. If only you could see who Mark Maharabo is in the spirit. If only you could see who Kathy thought was in the spirit. Because in the natural, she's a loving, generous, joyful woman but imagine you could see who she was in the spirit. Because we have to understand, this area gets a bit freaky for some people, there is a spiritual realm. And the spiritual realm is just as real as the physical realm. That's what the Bible says. So we have to be aware of the spiritual realm. When Charlie and I, we, we talk, we're not like everybody else. When we walk, we have an army of angels with us. Why? Because we're, we've been anointed to run a flock of church or a church 
full of people, a sheep, a sheep, a flock of sheep, a, a bunch. We've been given, Charlie and I will be given a double judgment for you. We need all the help we can get. Send more angels, send more of you, God, because we need help. But we did not walk down with our, we did not walk with our heads down. We walk with our heads up. When I speak this morning, I don't speak as little Tim and Benaiah who might have something nice to say. I speak as a man of God. I speak as a commander in the army of God. Whether you perceive that or not, that's your issue. But I know who I am. Do you know who you are? And more, just as important, do you know who the person next to you is? If, if only the church knew who Haley Shaw was. I genuinely, if only you knew the, the war, the, 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 the armor she is carrying. If only we knew, because if we knew, we would speak very differently. Not that she would probably want that, but that's who she is in the spirit. Today we saw Mary on the screen. Man, if you saw who she was in the spirit. She's a very, yeah, she comes across as very, you know, like gentle and, and, and you know, not timid is the wrong word, but you know, just, just quiet, but she is a roaring lion. But do we have eyes to see it? I stand at the back, tears in my eyes, and I think, I don't just see her as just Mary on the screen. When I say she's a hero to me, and there's not many, it is a huge statement for my life. Her and her husband have stood in battles, and they listen to the voice of God. And I absolutely love them because they encourage my heart. And they carry a heart of humility. And I just absolutely love that. So God, may we see your heart. May we see your reality. May we have eyes that are open. And again, church, we have to be so aware. We live in a practical generation, which is great. We're very practical where at the moment we're looking for people to help with gardening. I was out this week doing some gardening. Our gardens, spring is here, growth is here. We need our gardeners to step up. Help us with our gardens. But we can be so practical in that. But we have to understand that there is a spiritual component. Let's use that as an example. You can look at our gardens and think, oh, it's just a gardening spring, whatever. No, no, do you realize that it's a green zone? Our church is a green zone. It's a zone where when people come onto our property, we believe that they'll encounter heaven. They'll encounter God's love. So when they come on the property and if our gardens are full of weeds, what are we saying to them? Welcome to heaven on earth, where the weeds reign supreme. You see, it's a message we're sending. Therefore, as a family, we have to make sure that we're all playing our part and going, hey, if we've got a gift in gardening, come out and garden. If you have a gift in music, come and join the team. If you have a gift in hospitality, get involved. If you're great at making coffees, please make some coffees. Whatever it is, because together we are taking the kingdom of God in us and we're applying it practically but we realize the overarching thing is that when someone walks into our church and they're completely broken that in the atmosphere of everything we're doing they can receive God's love whose heart is that that's my heart it's your heart so this together realize that it's not just about a group of people in a hot room on a Sunday it's about a group of people who actually are giants you know, you're a giant. You're a giant in God's kingdom. Some of us in the room need to lift our heads up. 
You need to stop looking at the ground. Your victory is ahead of you. God is leading you forward. Who has ridden a motorbike before? Yeah, the motorbike riders in the place know this. If you're riding a motorbike, you don't look at the front tire. <laughs> if you do, disaster is on its way. They teach you to look at the corner coming. They teach you, if you're coming up to a corner like this, look at where you're going. You need to be focused and be aware that be focused on where you're going. That's what it's like in God. So let's be aware of his reality. Let's be people who are aware of the chariots of fire. Can I hear an amen? amen. Yeah, this is awesome. So, hey, we're nearly there, but let's, let's talk about the season. Who enjoys spring? Yeah. Whose favorite season is spring? Oh, spring's good. I like spring. 1 Chronicles 12.32 says this. 1 Chronicles 12.32 from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives, and all these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. One translation says they understood the season and how to respond. Charlie and I in our house, we're always talking about seasons because we live in a world of seasons. Let me ask you this question for you, for your family, for, for your personal heart. What season are you in? Are you in a winter? Are you in a spring? Are you in a summer? Are you in an autumn? Are some of the leaves falling off your tree at the moment and you're thinking, it's the devil but God's trying to prune you? Are you in a winter where you can't see the growth under the surface but it is growing still? Are you in a spring where it feels like everything is awesome and it's all growing and it's just like... Everything's just going ahead. Are you in a summer where you feel like, man, it's hot? Like I'm burning up right now? <laughs> because God works in seasons. Why is it through the gospel he talks about seasons so often? Because that's how kingdom works. So what season are you in right now? Because if you can find a season, even in the midst of challenge, it gives you hope for what's coming. Because although the winter might be now, the spring is on its way. <laughs> it might feel like autumn. Hey, winter might be on its way, but that's okay because you need the winter to get to your spring. For your family, do you know your season? For the call of God for your life, do you know the season? Please don't be, don't be, don't be spiritually dull, which is just you live in your natural moment and that's it. Natural is important, but spiritual is very, very important. Understand it comes through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show me the season I'm in. Because, you know, as a church, this is what Charlie and I are always navigating. What is the season our church is in? Sometimes we're not in a season to push for growth. Rather, it's a season for maybe consolidation. Maybe it's a season for pruning. But if we're always pushing for the spring and God's saying, no, no, the church is now in autumn, all it's going to do is frustrate me and Charlie as a senior pastor and frustrate you because you're going to hear it from us every week. So we have to be aware that God's seasons are very real and as prophetic people, we have to lean into his seasons. Yeah? And it takes pressure off. I know um, I, for us, when it came to having a baby, we, 
we didn't have a baby straight out of the gate because, no, no, we tried to plan around our seasons of life. Now, that doesn't always happen that way, but for us, it did. And so we're like, God, what is our season? When Charlie was at university, it wasn't the season to have a baby. But now she's not, maybe it is. And so we have to be aware of our seasons. And that's where wisdom comes in. Let me ask you, are you aware of your current season? And now, for anyone in the place or who's listening, if you're in a season of extreme grief, I want to encourage you, try look for God in the season. Try find your anchor in the midst of your grief because he is still there. In your winter, he is still there. And I want to encourage you, don't camp in your winter. Your spring is coming. Does that make sense? And try to enjoy your winter sometimes. Hey, fires are fun in winter. But too much coldness gets a bit annoying. So you want your spring. And the third and last thing is this. May we have open eyes to the need. John chapter 4, verse 35. It says this in John 4, 35. Don't you have a saying? It's Jesus speaking. It's four more months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. One of the greatest challenges for, I think, Australian Christians, if I could speak about Australian Christians, including me, is this. We have this thing called comfort. And, and our whole society is based around comfort. Our advertising is about being more comfortable. We want to be comfortable. I want to be comfortable. Chay and I just got a deck built on our house, which is a three-year dream that we just saw happen, which is amazing. And now we're in the season of trying to find furniture for our deck. And so on Friday, I was in Harvey Norman sitting on every single seat, <laughs> outside setting seat. And it's, it was interesting because some of the most, um, the best aesthetically looking seats were the most uncomfortable. And then I found a seat and it was so comfortable. And I took a photo of it and sent it to Charlotte and she was like, no, never. We are never going to get that seat. <laughs> And I said, just wait till I get home. I'm going to tell you about it. I just got home. I was like, this seat is just, oh, my goodness. I could just sit in this seat for hours. But the style wasn't the style we're looking for. And so I said to Charlotte, you need to come and sit in the seats. It will change your dialogue. <laughs> you see, I want to be comfortable. So there's nothing wrong with comfort unless comfort becomes your idol. And what do I mean by that? I mean, I live my life completely around comfort. Is it going to be too hot in church this Sunday? I might just stay home. Yeah. Is it going to be a bit awkward at the family dinner because that family member is a bit awkward? I might just skip that. I don't like the way my boss spoke to me today. Little did I know he's going through a major thing in his house and he took it out on his employees. I'm going to get a new job because my boss was unfair to me. We're looking for comfort. It got too hard and so I changed what I was doing. But we have to understand that comfort can't be our God. You know, we talk about revival, we talk about 
the grace that we've encountered with Christ and we're so thankful. But we have to remember this, that 90% of our city right now doesn't yet know Christ. Maybe there might be more that know Christ, but there's a thousands who don't. There are thousands right now in our city who are living in darkness and are without hope. You heard me share a few months ago, a couple of months ago, that six young people committed suicide in Jerangong um, area in two weeks. People are suffering. And the church has this amazing fresh drink. You're parched, let me give you a drink. You're hopeless, let me give you hope. Your family abandoned you. Come to the church family. We will embrace you. Things are going wrong. You're not perfect. Hey, I'm not perfect and I go to church. Yeah, but the roof will cave in. Hey, I went there. The roof didn't cave in. You should see how bad I was. Yeah? And what happens is that we come to church often, and this is across the nation, and church becomes about us. And, and please let this just sink into our hearts. Church becomes about me getting fed, but... We've been given the Bible for a reason. Feed yourself. Yeah, if you're a Christian, feed yourself. I'll help you. I'll teach you. I'll teach a bear how to feed. But at some point, he's going to take that spoon and start, he's already trying to, start to feed himself. So we have to come before God with his heart that says, I'm going to be more mature in my approach. I'm going to come and join with my brothers and sisters, not just about me, but about those who might not know, know, know hope or know life or know love. Remember the verse I shared with you, Edda James. Religion that is pure before God is to care for the, for the orphans and the widows. This is what God seeks after. And so my challenge for you is this, and my heart for us is this, and for our nation is this that the church would understand the hope they have and that we would become so great at being so inclusive of those in need that people would encounter love and we would, every week we'd be meeting new people who are coming in to receive the hope that they've been looking for their whole life. I pray that we are never a church that sits in the same seats every week talking to the same people in our connect group with the same comfortable attitude because comfort has become king. God, open our eyes to the need. For you said the banquet table is set. Compel them. Listen, that's our response. Oh, it's too hard. People don't want it. If you have that attitude, you're not going to be the one to enter the promise. You won't. You can't. You can't. You've got to have hearts of faith. So we come before God today and we say, God, open my eyes to the need. The harvest is ready. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest has been prepared by the Lord. Who will start to be uncomfortable for the sake of others? Who will give up their seat in church and stand out there so someone can sit in here so that they might receive the gospel? Because we have to fight this Christian, comfortable, consumeristic culture, which is, I go to church until I'm happy, in the minute I'm not happy, I go down to the buffet down the road. We have to break the spirit of this. And we have to understand, yes, go down the road to the family that's right now in dire need. 
<laughs> if you're going to go, go to somebody who is right now on their knees in the bedroom saying, you know, I, I saw this, I was listening to a guy just two days ago, and I was, I was on, on a documentary, and he said, he said, I had a gun in my mouth. And he said, in 15 minutes, if I don't have a reason to live, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm done. And something happened in those 15 minutes, and he didn't go through with it. And it was just intervention. And right now, I just pray, Celebration Church, I pray and I plead with you, hey, with your connect groups, get aggressive. Get creative. Bring people in. When it comes to Sundays, I said before, bring them to next week. Bring, just bring them. We'll send, people, we'll send the young people to Macca's and they can have church there. Bring them in. And let me finish with a couple of things. This week, um, again, I was speaking to a, a denominational movement president. He was saying that the statistics right now with COVID are pretty depressing. There is a 39% spike in mental health crisis, 39%. And so pastors right now are just spending most of their time trying to deal with and help people who have mental health issues. There is a 39% spike in online addiction, which is pornography and gambling, inside the church. (laughs) People are trying to find hope in a world of uncertainty. God, open our eyes to the need. And this is all through the Gospels, church, because what happened was the boy had the five loaves and two fish and the disciples pushed him to the side, but Jesus had the open eyes. The blind man who's calling out to Jesus, the crowd pushed him aside, but he said, Jesus, have mercy. And Jesus stopped and he had open eyes. And my heart for us is this. I can plead with you all day long, but unless the Holy Spirit gives you a conviction on this, we're not going to change. We have a city, and it's not a matter of is there a need or not. There is a need. The harvest is plentiful. God, open our eyes for harvest. Please help us, Lord. Help us. Give us courage. Give us fresh ears to hear your voice. Give us fresh eyes to see you. Lord, let the church rise up as the beautiful bride of Christ and, 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 and reveal your love and reveal your glory and reveal your grace. There should be a bigger amen than that, I tell you what. Because this is God's inheritance for us. Now, if you're in this place today and you're thinking in your heart, I don't know that hope. Hey, today is the best day of your life, potentially. Because today you can receive the hope of glory, Jesus. And take my life. I've been in the lowest places, and God has pulled me out of the muddy muddy clay and said, I put you upon the rock, and you will stand because I carry you. And if you can do it for me, can do it for anybody. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? God, give us eyes to see. Let the veil fall off our eyes, just like the Apostle Paul had scales fall off his eyes. Open our eyes to your kingdom, to your reality. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you're in this place, and I just encourage you to close your eyes, 
because it's a moment of reflection. And if you're here and you know in your heart that your heart is not close to God, hey, today is the time to get close to God. If you know that you're, maybe you've never made a commitment to follow Christ and to believe in Him, today is a moment for you to believe in Christ, His great love for you. Maybe the Holy Spirit right now is doing something in you. Maybe you feel your heart racing. Maybe you feel something, there's, there's something going on. It's God. God's on your case. If that's you in this moment, you just want to say, Benaiah, I actually want to respond in my heart and I want to say yes to receiving Christ as my Lord and Saviour or I want to say yes to coming back to Him. I know that my eyes have become calloused, cataracts have become over, I've, I've lost vision of who He is. If that's you, well, everyone has their eyes closed. I just want you to put your hand up where you are and say, I want to respond. Awesome, I see that hand and I see that hand there too. Once it's up, you can put it back down. I see that hand there. Anybody else? This is just, yes, God, that's me. I know my heart isn't close, but I want it to be so close. Open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Give it just a moment longer. Anybody else? I'm going to pray a prayer of dedication. I'm going to ask everyone in the place, if you're, if you're a Christian, to pray this prayer. And if you put your hand up, I want you to pray this from your heart. We're going to dedicate our hearts to Christ and ask Him into our life. But keep your eyes closed. But let's just pray this prayer. Pray this. Pray, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin. And this morning, I ask for you to open my eyes. I ask for you to forgive me of my sin. Give me a new start and open my ears to your voice. And Lord Jesus, I declare that I believe in you. I declare that you are my Lord and Saviour. And Holy Spirit, I invite you into my heart. Help me every day to walk with Jesus. Amen. Fantastic. Hey, if you've prayed that prayer, let's give God a hand of praise. If you prayed that prayer, hey, for the first time I recommitted a huge, a huge congratulations. And, you know, we actually want to encourage you, make sure that your next steps are really intentional. How do you do that? Very practically, get involved with the local church. If you're out of the area, make sure you find a local church. We can help you with that. Connect there because they help you grow. If you have a phone or an iPad, download the Version app. Y-O-U version app. It's the Bible. Get into that. And please come and speak to one of our team. We'd love to help you in your walk with God if you need more help with your walk with God, which we all do. How good is God, amen? Why don't we all stand to our feet?
just going to finish. Did this morning's message speak to you? Open our eyes, God. Let the cataracts fall off. Open our ears, God. Let the tetanitis, or however you say it, let the ringing stop. Let us hear you clearly. I'm just going to pray a prayer of blessing over you. I think my wonderful wife, is she gone? Is she? She might be with Bear. If you're here with your spouse, I encourage you to hold their hand if you want to hold their hand. Um, And we're going to pray a prayer of blessing and send you out this week um, in Jesus' name. So, Father God, we just thank you so much for who you are. And I thank you for this amazing group of people. Father, we send them out with your blessing. We send them out with your favour. God, I pray for those who have travelled to be here. May they drive home safely. Father, I thank you, Lord, for open doors this week. We pray for safety when it comes to COVID, when it comes to sickness. We pray, God, for moments of breakthrough. Lord, and I pray this week that we would have open eyes to the need and to what you are calling us to. Give us a heart for our city, God. Give us a heart for our city, that the Shalhaven will be known as a place of salvation and breakthrough and joy. God, we thank you so much that you are the God of this city. You are the God of this people. Lord, we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.